Uh, I have this comment here uh, from our guy G-Dub. This is involving the Wisconsin Badgers. So the Badgers lost, obviously, to Michigan State in double overtime. Graham Mertz, speaking of quarterbacks didn't look good, Graham Mertz, who was he throwing to in overtime? Like, what, what was that throw? <laughs> oh. Like, uh, well, it's the same one. Who was he throwing? Do you think Marcus Allen was out there when he was not? And eventually went to the transfer portal. For, for a split second, Graham Mertz on that throw forgot that Wisconsin's identity was a passing team. That yeah. was bad. He's like, "Oh, what are we doing passing? We have to run it. I'm going to throw it." What was he doing? We'll never know. Well, then you come back and then you run a a play that we saw last week in like a, a formation that we saw last week, and it it went immediately for a touchdown. It, it's like. They abandoned the game plan from last week, and the sole reasoning was we had to respect their front seven. Yeah, I was reading that, too. It's like we had to respect their front seven. No, you don't. No one respected Michigan State all season. No. They were defeated not. in the like, Big Ten. You went up against a team that had one linebacker returning who went out on his first snap, uh, uh, like went like out of the game after the first snap that he played on defense and you were going up against a bunch of third stringers in the secondary. You were going up against a bunch of second stringers at the linebacker level and a bunch of second string and third stringers on the defensive line level. And you had to respect the front seven. Why? Well, I think we know why, because the offensive line is horrible. (laughs) There's a lot of common themes here for our Wisconsin Um, teams, but I like, the play calling made absolutely no sense. You went right back to run, 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 obvious passing down. Yeah. And I, th- I saw, was it one Wildcat? I, there two. Two, yeah, two Wildcats. I think it went for nine yards I did say, total. I said last week if they ran three or more, they would have won the game. Only ran two. <laughs> um, that game was just bad for Wisconsin. I mean, uh, Graham, Mertz is, Graham Mertz is really good at not showing up in big moments. Yeah, it's not a big moment. No, no, no. I mean, just just one game on the line. You got to win a game. Graham Mertz is great at not showing up when it matters. Yeah, and in the other one, the the interception on the ten, like that's another one. Lead your receiver. Like you can you can overthrow it and and hit the the sideline. <laughs> what are you doing throwing behind your receiver? Like you had no clue, Michigan State's. Like defender was there. It was terrible. And then, like, I think in, in overtime he knew he threw the ball in the wrong place. It's awful. Because like nobody was around. Michigan State, their secondary was given up two hundred and ninety-two yards per game. Yeah, two almost three hundred yards per game. Graham Mertz had one hundred and thirty-one yards in the first half. He went. Six for eight for like 58 yards passing. Nobody respected Michigan's. They, them and Rutgers were winless in the Big Ten. No one respected them. Nobody. And now we came in here and like, all right, here you go. Here's a game for you. Here. So we feel sorry for you. It was, I mean, penalties, we negative plays, third you. down situations, Mertz unable to convert. I, I mean, you look at this, this game and it's just everything that was bad with Wisconsin just reared its ugly head. What about on defense, too? The fact that. Michigan State really wasn't able to run the football with any of their running backs. Right. They had less than 100 yards rushing. Yes. But Peyton Thorne, a guy who they were hoping they could get more out of this season, but he's not necessarily this great passer of the football. 
all of a sudden goes 20 for 28, 265, two touchdowns, no picks. Looked pretty damn good. I think it was because they were worried Jalen Berger would beat him. Hey, and J- dude, Jalen Berger, I mean, he was running inspired. He actually, the Badgers yeah, do one thing. To the tune of 3.7 yards per carry. He, could, he got a touchdown. When I saw him throw the touchdown, he was pumped up. He, he put the truck stick on a couple times. Like, he... Against some I'm not DBs. saying I'm, I'm not saying 59 yards is you blow anything out of the water, but I mean he looked like he actually gave a crap. And you look at Wisconsin's whole team; they look like just like, well, we appreciate the opportunity to be here. <laughs> it was terrible. And then uh, let's see here, a guy uh, G Dub. So Sunday, Marcus Allen didn't play obviously on Saturday, mm-hmm. and RJ you sent to the DM group. Well, turned out he would put his name in the transfer portal. So that, that's got to be something that happened before the game, like. I, I don't know if he gave the coaching staff an ultimatum or something, but that's one of those, um, if if you threaten Jim Leonard, it's not going to turn out good for you. So if that came, hey, I'd like some more snaps or else I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Well, here's your papers. Well, see you later. <laughs> uh, G-Dub says, if you leave the transfer portal or leave in the transfer portal, please stop with the thank you, blessed, and grateful tweets. You quit on the team and you're leaving. Just stop. As he, you know, took to Twitter to say, like, he's, you know, thankful and appreciative of his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Logan Brown did the same thing when he was kicked off the team. Did Deacon Hill even release a statement? I'm sure he did, but I didn't. Yeah. So, RJ, you would put out, what, uh, eight players midseason would be hitting the transfer portal for the Badgers? We're now up to, yeah. I am counting Logan Brown. We're up to three. He I, is in the transfer I, portal. I don't count him because he got tossed off the team <laughs> before he entered the transfer portal. It wasn't his choice. Um, uh, you get thirty, and it is you do get thirty, 30 days, days after a coach yeah is uh, qu- quits or gets fired. You get thirty so days. We, we had fifteen right now, something like that. Yeah. So you will see more uh, coming probably. But Marcus Allen is uh, done. Uh, Three star commitment. I, I mean, did he even do much? He's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, he just didn't want to be patient. Want to go elsewhere? Apparently or? not. Yeah. Well, basically his his entire career for the Wisconsin Badgers in the mindset of someone like myself or probably most fans was okay. Marcus Allen is a guy coming in that might be a pretty decent wide receiver, you know, at some point in his career, this was when he was a true freshman. Then all of a sudden he really got some runtime in that Vegas bowl against Arizona state played pretty well, made some nice catches. You're like, okay, next year we got, uh, we got this Marcus Allen, another young solid wide receiver. Skylar bell also kind of flashed in that same Vegas bowl. You're like, okay, we got Marcus Allen. We got Skylar bell and Chimray DK coming back. This is going to be three solid receivers. Well, then we got to this season and it was Chimray DK. That's playing well with Skylar bell and Marcus Allen was nowhere to be seen. Yep. And he's like, all right, well, I'm getting out of here. So moving forward now, boys, you got Purdue on the docket coming up here uh, Saturday. I think if you go back and watch that Vegas Bowl, I bet more people were excited for Marcus Allen than they were Skylar Bell. Just from that one game where both of them actually got some real run, not just a few routes here and there throughout a, a season, very sporadic play for both of them last year. But then who stole the show at uh, summer camp? Uh, it was Skylar Bell with all his one-handed catches and all the yeah. plays that he was making. And you never really heard much from Marcus Allen. And then that pretty much continued during the season. Yeah, right. Seven passes for 91 yards and a touchdown this season. Struggled to find the playing time. And um, they said, let's hear, Zach Halpern, our sports director, was going to join us at 820. He said it could be argued his fourth or fifth on the depth chart uh, at wide receiver, uh, though even true freshman Vinny Anthony was pushing him for snaps. 
So we'll talk to Zach more about it. Now, look at the schedule. Wisconsin has Purdue coming in. Is I think Purdue is an underdog in this game. I think Wisconsin is favored. I'd have yeah, to go look. It's now down to one and a half. <laughs> it's, it's homecoming, right? Well, yeah, opened yeah. at two and a half. It's kind of a fishy line, actually, to me. Was that routes? Yeah. Wisconsin being favored by one and a half. Wisconsin. That means that they think that Purdue's roughly about a point and a half better. Yeah. Which I would say, looking at how these two teams have played this year, looking at how they have played against better competition or power five competition. I would be surprised. I'm actually surprised that Purdue wasn't favored in the game. Yeah. Purdue five and two in the year three and one, in the big 10 Badgers one and three, big 10, three and four on the year. And you look at what Purdue has done. Purdue has actually played pretty well, especially, mm-hmm. especially when you really dig into their, their schedule. I know that they lost to Penn state, but if you watch that game, because if you remember, we were on Purdue in that game in the Razor's Edge. Solely because they couldn't run the ball that day. They couldn't figure out how to play football <laughs> in at the end of the first half or the end of the second half, or else they easily should have won that game. Right. That was where, at the end of the second half, they had the complete meltdown. Yep. And then at the end of the, the first, half. first half, they had the same thing, where it's like, you can't give up 14 points right at the end of halves the way that they did. No. And then, okay, they take care of business against Indiana State. It's Indiana State, but they beat them 56 to nothing. Syracuse, they lost to Syracuse at Syracuse. Turns out Syracuse is pretty Syracuse good. Syracuse is pretty damn good. Mm. Syracuse uh, just got another win against a ranked NC State team. Like mm-hmm. Syracuse will know exactly how for real they are because they play Clemson this week at Clemson. But, I mean, so far, Syracuse has passed every test for being a pretty good team. You beat up or you beat an FAU team in a close game, but that was kind of of a down spot for you. It was a bad spot, sandwiched between a Syracuse and an at Minnesota. Took care of business at Minnesota, and most people thought that Minnesota was the darling of the Big Ten West. Well, was I mean, the the team that was, was out, but. <laughs> the team that was going to was going to play Ohio State for the Big Ten championship game? Then mm-hmm. how about coming back and beating Maryland yeah. at Maryland by two points? Everyone was starting once they got off the the Minnesota bandwagon yep. after Purdue beat them. Everyone was on the Maryland bandwagon. Purdue beat them, yep. and then they took care of business. And again, it's a it's a game in which it could have been a a sandwich spot because you were at Maryland, and then two weeks from there you're going to be in Madison, and it was the lowly Nebraska Cornhuskers at home. That could have been a game in which they overlooked them. Still ended up winning by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now you bring on Wisconsin. I. Purdue for not having the best run game and defense being spotty at times, they have played pretty well, especially against the competition. Their two losses are to two ranked teams, mm-hmm. and they very well could have won both of them. All right, how many wins do you need to be qualified for a bowl? Three, five, five. five? Wow, yeah. Some well, teams with some five, five and but seven six records get in. Six is the what you'd say, but yeah, five, five and seven are lowly, and they're desperate for someone to get one. They All will right. be. So Wisconsin. Needs a few more wins if they want to keep their streak alive. The question is, as sitting at three and four, and the schedule goes this Saturday, Purdue at the camp, Maryland at the camp, Iowa on the road, Nebraska on the road. You do get a bye week in there, though. Then Wisconsin at the camp. (laughs) Do they get to, let's just say six, because those five and seven games are pretty tough. Do they get to six wins? I would actually say that... if there is a team that goes five and seven that has a good shot at getting invited to a bowl game, Wisconsin's probably actually decently high up on that list. We used list. to make fun of those teams so much too. Yeah. 
which and it sucks. Yeah. The only reason that I would say um, I would be for a bowl game at five and seven is because it helps our pocketbooks. <laughs> Other than that, I would say this is embarrassing. You stink. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even accept the invitation. Do you we really to- do you really deserve to go anything at five and seven? But Wisconsin fan base travels well. You see Wisconsin Badger fans God. always going to bowls, whether it's the Music City Bowl or the Rose Bowl. There's always a lot of Badger fans at bowls. So I'm sure that if they did go 5-7, and seven, they'd be high on the list to get an invite. All right, the bowls you listed, Rowdy, are like, you know, the Rose Bowl, pristine. Everyone wants to go to, you know, California and see the old stadium. That's like, that means you're good. You don't want to go to the Little Caesars Bowl? No. You don't want to visit Detroit, Michigan? I don't think anyone does, do they? Are you kidding me? Would Wisconsin fans <laughs> want to travel to Detroit? Sure. On a season where you have five wins? They'll go there the, for... We're talking about bowl games things. where Wisconsin was actually like decent. They're not even <laughs> decent this year. They're just bad. Yeah, but, I mean, you'll probably get matched up against uh, Max School. And have a Could you imagine? They're not selling the Could you imagine the last time the, the Badgers played a Max School in a bowl... It was Western Michigan with P.J. Fleck in the Cotton Bowl. But we could be looking forward to a nice early bowl game mid-December live from Detroit for the Little Caesars Bowl against Central Michigan. (laughs) God, that's so, that's just, it just sounds bad because it is bad. It's sad, but true. And you're five and seven. How many Badger fans do you think would travel for that? That's what I'm saying. That's Not what I'm saying. Like, Not I know we travel well, but it's always for good bowl games when your team is, like, decent to watch. Yeah, once you get below kind of like the Music City Bowl for me, it's... Because, like, think about it. You have Music City Bowl, then you had the Outback and the Capital One and the Rose Bowl, or if you're higher than that, you're obviously in a college football playoff. I don't think you want to be anything below the Music City Bowl. You got the Pinstripe Bowl. At least that's versus ACC. Um, it's just ooh. not good. Duke's you, Mayo. You didn't, you, Duke's, you didn't even mention the Citrus Bowl. That's another good one. Um, Duke's Mayo? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's on there. Say the Las Vegas That is bowl? now the fourth bowl game for the... You go Rose Bowl, Citrus... Reality Quest Bowl. I'm guessing that's what's the, the You're just name, you're what's, naming bowls that Wisconsin never get to. No, no, Big Ten Bowl. Reality Quest is now the Outback Bowl. They got a new corporate sponsor. No more Duke's Outback Mayo, Bowl. Music City, Pinstripe, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Ooh. and Quick Lane Bowl. That's the, that's that's, that's Little Caesars. Yeah, just shut it down. Okay, so Quick Lane is the lowest Big Ten one. I think that's what they're shooting oh for. Oh my right god, <laughs> we might be going to Detroit. Sad, but true. Who doesn't want to visit Detroit in the middle of December? Hey, you can buy property there for like $2. That's true. You just got to like tear down a crack house and then live in like a crack neighborhood. A, yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, gentrify it. Yeah, man. And if they lost, if they lost in a bowl game like the Quicken oh, Lanes hey. in Detroit, yeah. they better walk their asses back to 8 Mile. Looking at our Twitter <laughs> poll right now. Who gives the uh, most? Who do you give the most blame to for the offensive woes of the Packers? Is it the line? Is it Lafleur? Is it Rodgers? Forty-five percent say it's the line. Thirty-four percent say Lafleur. Twenty-one percent say Aaron Rodgers. I voted Matt Lafleur. Let's hear from Matt Lafleur on the podium after the uh, loss yesterday against the Jets. He says, and rightfully so, he's extremely disappointed. 
that was very humbling when you're in your own building and you get taken like that and lose by three scores. We got to be better, absolutely. Uh, coach it better. Got to execute better. We got to get back to work. But the reality is, we're six games into this thing. We're three and three. There's a lot of ball in front of us, but we have to have that urgency to want to improve. There is literally no urgency to want to improve. They talk about it all the time in the podium. Like, we got to yeah. do better. We got to execute better. We got to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, we had a really good practice this week. It was really surprising how we played today. There's no urgency. LaFleur says back to the drawing board, though. We got to clean up a ton of details. We're going to have to take a good, hard look at everything and really do some great evaluations from a coaching perspective in terms of what's working, what's not working, and try to find a different avenue because today was not good enough. Well, it's working. I'm still not sounding uh, the alarms. The tight the- end, Robert Tunyon? Yeah, he had a good return game finally. You're not sounding any alarms already? I'm not sounding the alarms that this Packers season is over and there's no shot that they make the playoffs or even have an opportunity at a Super Bowl. My alarms are sounding for the Wisconsin Badgers and that this is this could get really, really bad, but not, not for the Green Bay Packers. I think, again, it is six games into the season. I know that they still have 11 left. We knew that there was going to be growing growing pains. We knew that. We knew that the offense wasn't going to be great. We thought the defense was going to be better. Some people thought the defense was going to be way better. They seem to regress think, every week. I think that there's still a lot of time to figure it out for Green Bay, especially because look at the division which they play in. The Chicago Bears are brutal. The Detroit Lions don't have a defense. And then there's Minnesota. Which normally they look pretty good. Normally, Matt Lef- Matt Lafleur has never lost two games to the same division team in that same season. Now, hey, saying look- that, he also had never lost two regular season games back to back. But this was a bad spot for the Green Bay Packers against the Jets. I still expected them to win. I didn't expect them to cover. I this was a bad game. You only get so many clunkers. You know, before it's like this team is just not good. Yep. But you had a clunker in the second half against the Giants. Yep. And you were in a bad spot against the Jets, but you still you you completely laid an egg the entire game. Yeah. It wasn't like you played good for a half or a quarter or whatever. You, you looked awful the entire game. LaFleur now says uh they need to find out what they're made of after this clunker of a game. There's going to be adversity in this league. We know that. And we're going to find out a lot about ourselves moving forward, where we are right now, and how we respond. And I believe in the guys in the locker room. I know we got a great group of men, and I think that everybody's going to stick together through this, and we're going to continue to scratch and claw and fight our way out of this. You're literally, you didn't fight at all in four quarters <laughs> against the Jets. The Jets! The Jets. You stunk at home. LaFleur says the offense was a struggle. We just could never get into a flow and, you know, give them credit. They were tough to block up front. Uh, I felt like we didn't handle any of the movement very well. And it just felt like we were calling plays in second and long the whole game. And then when we did break a run, we get called for a holding. Yeah, one more from LaFleur. He says they just couldn't find a solution all game. That's about as frustrating as a game as I've ever been a part of in terms from an offensive perspective and trying to get something going and you can't and you're looking for answers and it's like, all right, let's try running the ball. Well, and then you're getting, you know, a yard or two or going backwards. You ran the ball 19 times. I'm sorry, 20 with uh, uh, and Aaron Rodgers trying to escape. <laughs> you, you're, A.J. Dillon had 10 touches. Aaron Jones had nine. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. We're we're really trying to run the ball more though. <laughs> yeah, line one. Who's this? Hey, Corey. Hey, Corey. What's up, dude? That poll should have the same choice three times. It's kind of clear as day to me, and I know you guys have your opinions, so that's great, but it should be offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. They're terrible. Every, everything starts from the inside out in football. Um, the trenches. Silver Fox used to say that, and he was right, RIP, that there's not that many big men walking the earth. You can see yesterday the Jets off defensive line they put in Williams was a beast. Yeah. He's in their backfield. He's all pretty good. Ball. He does all right. He almost, you know, Aaron Jones, I was worried he was going to get injured because half the time he was getting the ball five yards, you know, he's getting the ball and putting Williams in a space five yards deep because John Runyon can't make a reach block, right? <laughs> so that's part of the problem right there. We can rip on the floor, I get it, the eyebrows, whatever, but ultimately it comes down to the talent you have on the field. And the Badgers, Badgers, well, there you go, too. No, they stink, Packers too. Offense, yeah, Packers offensive line, for some reason, is utterly disjointed. I thought that was going to be a strength of the team this year, but Rodgers was under duress all day long yesterday. Guy got sacked four times. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to join Randall Cobb on the on the cart at some point. Ooh, that one hit he got outside of the pocket. He got yeah. a nine. I, I know it was like, outside the pocket, but he that, got a nine. That, looked, that hurt me. Even yeah. you know, two hundred miles away, I was like, that looked really painful <laughs> when he gets flipped down by Quinn Williams. Like that's what happens when a twenty-some-year-old is a thirty-plus-year-old in the backfield, and the dude's just not running fast enough, and he just gets freaking. <laughs> Plowed into the ground. That's what you say. Well, that's so, when a twenty-seven-year-old hits an almost forty-year-old. Yeah. Hey. Whatever the age. Yeah, exactly. Old. And the Jets, we think, ha ha, they're funny. Whatever, they're a joke. They got a good team. They got good. They they drafted really well this year. They had three first-round draft picks. That Sauce Gardner dude is the real deal. Yeah. That defense the back. Yeah. And they got a dog for a quarterback. That's all you really need, right? So. And, you know, their running back is decent, too. So, Packers are in a tough spot. Right? You freaking out? You sounding any alarms, or are you cool? I wouldn't sound any alarms at this point because they ain't canceling the season, right? Nope. They got 11 games left. So, nobody's going to feel sorry for them. The NFL, at one point in 2010, they were 4-6, and six and they ran the game one Super Bowl. True that. Uh, anything can happen. Injuries can pop up on Minnesota just as easy as they did on the Packers. But they got to, at some point... They should have taken the bye week this week, obviously, right? After clearing Yeah, they London. opted not to after the London. Yeah, that was a dumb idea. Prime Mark Murphy wanted to get another sledding hill day in <laughs> in October, <laughs> right? So, yeah, woo, down, down the... Is he selling apple cider the up there? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know, but if they do, um, you know, everybody should ask for a refund because they gave a lot of money yesterday for a really poor product. I, I saw a lot of people should be getting a refund for going to that game yesterday. <laughs> Corey, Corey, stinky, stinky. Corey, we love you, brother. Take it easy, guys. See you, buddy. I think one of the overall issues when you look at this Packers team, yeah, obviously for yesterday you can look at the offensive line. In other games it was like, man, the defense, they just got torn apart. Or you can say, hey, they're not running the football enough. Matt LaFleur isn't calling plays correctly. He he doesn't seem like he's confident in anything that he does. Man, Aaron Rodgers didn't play well. Insert game here. Or... Man, the the young receivers are just killing this team. I think overall, when you think about what this team was and what they brought back, they basically brought back the entire team that they had last year. Yeah, And you would say that in the NFL, normally if you're not getting better, that you're getting worse. 
bringing back the entire team and not really making any big time free agent acquisitions or pickups or anything. Maybe you were staying the same where other teams were going to pass up on you. But then we look at the fact that the NFC, there is no dominant team. There is no great. Wow. This is a Super Bowl favorite type team. Eagles. I think one of the, one of the things that is really killing this team right now. Yeah. Like I said, could be the line, could be Rogers, could be LaFleur, could be the young receivers. I think overall, when you didn't bring in anyone, I think it's just your draft class. It would be Gutekunst. Like, look at your draft class. You're not getting a ton from them. Quay Mm -hmm. Walker was a first-round pick. He's been okay at best. Devontae Wyatt was the other first-round pick. He hardly is getting snaps. Christian Watson was the second-round pick you traded up and used your other second-round pick to go get. He hasn't been available, and let's not forget, he also opted to get his knee. Was it his knee cleaned out yeah, during yeah. Uh, preseason, preseason, which even put him farther behind when we're talking about young young uh, wide receivers that we wanted to gain experience. Sean Ryan has been inactive. He was a guy that thought he could fill in in the offensive line. Then you have Romeo Dobbs, yep. who's been decent. Zach Tom is your fourth-round pick. He's clearly been shown to be a, a rotational backup that maybe he should be starting. Kingsley and Nigbari, he had a sack yesterday, but overall he's been eh. And then anyone below that has hardly played or even been active. So I mean you're when well, you thought on paper that this was a really good draft, well they haven't played like it so far yeah. and they really haven't given this backers team much from the players yeah. that they already had. We'll get to that upcoming and talk good people blowing up right now. Film lines bloated. Line one, good morning, who's this? Hey. Hey. Um I, I am sounding alarms a little bit. I disagree with Rowdy a little bit here because if you really think about it and diagnose or cut into it, they could easily be one in five. They squirmed out those two games against. Um, yeah, they have not had any impressive wins. You know, no, no. But there's no, know, no no style punch in the NFL. But yeah, look like that. They're that good either. You know, so no, yeah. The only game they played decent was against a, a crap Chicago team. You know? Yeah, and they're bad. Um, but yeah, you know, and I, I put a lot of blame on that defense. I, I mean, the offense, because that defense isn't playing as good as the offense gives them, you know, points, and they just can't score. No, it's it's tough. Uh, so, uh, alarm starting to sound a little bit for you. How loud is it? Is it, yeah, is it just what? starting it's, to it's like, like ding a, a little bit? Single alarm right now. Yeah. Single alarm. So. <laughs> hey, nice hearing from me, man. Yeah, take your take care. Uh, line three. Good morning. Yeah, Matt Lafleur here. <laughs> Hey, Matt, you're a bum. Good eyebrows, though. Yeah. Um, hey, I'd just like to make, give a big shout-out to my pal Aaron Rodgers for, for coming up with the simplified thing uh, in the press conference because now I can answer that all week long. Oh, just keep it simple. <laughs> all right? Keep it simple. Did, Dana, did Danica leave you a simplified sign in your kitchen right next to the back door? Have you been spending too much time in secondhand decoration stores? Because I can find... 20 simplify signs in my basement in the decoration room. Simple. <laughs> simple. Simple. Let's, right, is this original? Who do we have to simplify it for, Aaron? Do we have to simplify it for the 95% of the people that have been here for three years? Who do we have to simplify it Hey, 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 hey. He beat an astronaut in Celebrity Jeopardy, okay? It's got to be simpler for everyone on that roster. Yeah, it does. It does. I... I would be pissed off. I'd be pissed off if I was Matt LaFleur. Well, you are. This is Matt LaFleur, I thought. 
This is Matt Lafleur, and I'd be pissed off. Hey Lafleur, we love I you, buddy. Just, we got we got yeah. Lafleur. We'll talk later, okay, Lafleur? Yeah, talk to you later. Buddy. Keep it simple. Yeah, line four. Good morning. Uh, Hello. Hot garbage. Uh, hey Kyle, what's up, dude? Hot garbage. Hey man, wh- why is it anytime the floor plays his best friend or his brother or next coach, he gets his ass handed to him? This guy can't coach against other co- coaches he was with, man. Let's just put it that way. This team is not good either. I mean, they're like uh, Eric just said. I mean, they have not had an impressive win. They just they don't look good. And I don't think they're going to win the win the North this year. I really don't. The, the panic alarm. Really good. The panic alarm is sounding for you, Kyle. No, I'm not vested in this team at all. I told you that going into the season, I wasn't going to be. You know, they <laughs> they, they, they they rip your heart out. They stomp on it. You know, they don't they don't ever get you where you want to go. It just sucks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so do the Badgers. It just it, it's hard being a Wisconsin fan right now. It is what it is. But hey, just wait till Wisconsin uh, basketball gets underway. And I'll tell you, the one thing that bothers me the most about college right now is that stupid transfer portal. You know, these guys don't like something, they enter the transfer portal. And what are you teaching these guys? You know, if I, if I, if I got a bad day at work and I don't like it, I'm going to go to the next company? No, you stick it out and you, and you have, a, have a good day the next day. Uh, the transfer portal is going to ruin college sports, I'm telling you right now. Kyle, it, it's a, love it. it. It's a joke. Let's it's go. It's a joke. Hot takes. Kyle, we're up against the breaks. We'll talk about it coming up. Love you, boys. Have There's a good love. day. All right, one more before break. Line five. Good morning. Let's go. Line five? I don't know if I can go that quick. Oh, Billy. What's up, Bill? <laughs> hey, first of all, Rowdy, was Zappy the one you were talking about back in April that you thought he'd do well? He yeah, was. he was my dark horse late round draft pick. Nice freaking call, sir. Way to go, sir. Yeah, he's balling. Guys, I laughed. I was coming back from up north during the game because it was raining. <laughs> I laughed and I laughed and I laughed because I knew how people would be calling in today. Yes. <laughs> and I missed the first three plays because my kid was berating me because I was saying the Packers were going to lose. <laughs> and the, the two of the first three plays, didn't they throw the ball? Uh, yes. I, I think so. Yeah, I, have to get, I can't quite remember. They but went three and out. And he almost, the almost had a big six. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That sounds like a team trying to make the run, run first, right? <laughs> That's just so dumb, Bill. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers... He's, he's. I don't know what to say. No, here it was. It was. It was. Uh, no, here's here's the first. Here's the first drive for the Packers. It was uh, running on a shotgun. AJ Dillon a uh, run one yard to the right. Then Rodgers incomplete pass. Then Rodgers short pass for no. Uh, that was almost intercepted and then punt. It took fifty seven seconds. And then how about how about the fourth and two? Where instead of getting the first down, you know, I didn't see it, so I don't know what was all open. I was listening on the radio, but instead of getting getting the first down. Then he, 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 you know, he tries to make it a huge play. Yeah, big hero ball. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just they enjoy it, Bill. Today's your day. Enjoy it. It's time to laugh. Turn it up and laugh, guys. I hey, I I not too long ago when the Packers lose a game like this, I wouldn't have been able to sleep last night. <laughs> I mean, sounds like you slept like a baby no. last night. We heard from Matt Lafleur about half an hour ago. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers now. Rodgers up on the podium, um, saying this team's wobbly, wobbly. Sitting at three and three. Is that a good word? Well, I think, I think yeah. he has said it in pressers in the past, you know, prior to this game. One of the big things for this team with just how this offense has to function because of the lack of wide receivers and the fact that the offensive bind has been serviceable for the most part, not great. They have a very small 
very small room to operate with not much error. They, they can't yeah, have a ton yeah. of errors. Because, because after the London game. Yeah, and, and, and that's true. And we knew this. We, we talked to Rob Reichel every Thursday. We knew that this would play a ton of close games this year because the offense, especially for the first half of the season, wasn't going to be that good. It wasn't going to be great. So we knew there was going to be a lot of close games. And when you're in close games all the time, you have to be perfect. I, I think he said it well after New York. Now, they haven't. They didn't. They didn't done, play very well in this game. They were even worse um, the week previous from London yesterday. Here's Rogers talking about three and three. They're wobbly. Take a listen. We gotta be realistic about where we're at. We played a couple subpar games in the last two, so we gotta play better. But uh, wobbly only if people are breaking rank. You know, I think it'll be interesting to look at the comments from all of our guys and coaches, and hopefully we stick together. That's the important thing. But. Until I see his breaking ranks, I'm not going to say there's any wobbliness going on. Oh, so not wobbly. If someone steps out of line and starts breaking rank, woohoo, losing though, that mm, that gets you to some trying times. Rogers talks about now what do they need to do on offense? Simpler. Simpler. Simplify some things. So that's that's the word of Rogers' press conference. Simpler and manifestation. See, all. We didn't really talk or give like our um, predictions for the Packers and the Badgers. We kind of saved them for Pooleys for Friday night. Yes, yeah, at a low-scoring game. But at Pooleys, I said that the this was one game that Friday morning I really wanted. We had never bet against the Packers on the Razor's Edge this since we started doing the Razor's Edge in 2020. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time I was really considering it, and I thought it was going to be a close game. This. It would be a hard-fought win in a very close game. Packers win by a field goal. They looked even worse. I thought that there was terrible. I thought this was a bad spot for Green Bay because you, again, we talked about it for the last week and a half now. It's worse statistically, analytics-wise, for teams coming back playing after London Mm -hmm. than it is actually playing in the London game. And then on top of that, you had the terrible second half against the Giants. I figured, you know what? I know it's a little bit worse for them for this spot. The Jets had actually been playing well, starting to feel good about themselves. Zach Wilson starting to feel healthier and healthier after his ankle injury. The Jets had shown that the defense can be decent at times when the offense is playing. They can score some points. Now they've had some pretty pretty far out there incredible wins like that Browns game, but then there were other games in which they actually looked pretty good. I thought it would be a tough spot, but the reason I didn't think that they would completely overlook a New York Jets team was because of how that second half went down against the Giants. Yeah, They looked even worse than I they could did. have ever They're imagined. Terrible. So Rogers talks about simplifying things. Well, he expands on what simplifying the offense is all about. I don't want to get too specific, and I'm not... Uh... Not attacking anything. I just think that based on how we've played the last two weeks, I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify things uh, for everybody, for the line, for the backs, for the receivers, especially with Cobby's injury. Just simplify some things, and maybe that'll help us get back on track. I like how he says uh, the first part. Take a listen. I don't want to get too specific, and I'm not uh, not attacking anything. I just think that based on how we've played. I'm not attacking anything, but things need to be simpler. It's when someone says, I'm not, insert, but, and then go off to say something. It's like, okay, well, I'm not attacking anything, but, 
But Rogers also talks about how this team, uh, some players on this team, is dealing with the struggles. Yeah, this is the NFL. So nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Get back to business. If it's good enough when we're three and one, it's got to be good enough when we're three and three. So can't ride the roller coaster wave of emotions. Like I said, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how we all respond to this tomorrow and this week. I felt like we had a great week of practice, so this performance today was surprising. But uh, we got to watch our language and the kind of energy that we're manifesting. Rodgers doesn't want to manifest losses, doesn't want players to break rank. Uh, then if that's the case, they're going to be in for... Uh, then he, it sounds like he'll be start sounding the panic button, Rowdy. If they break rank and start manifesting bad energy and losses. My wife, what'd she say last to me? She's like, Roger sounds like he's doing too much of that hippie, dippy BS. I'm like, wow, and you're pretty hippie, Jen. <laughs> Rogers is doing too much hippie, dippy BS. I would say my hot takeaway from this game, my hot take from this game is the defense actually looked better. Now, I know people disagree with me, but I saw them playing more man coverage. It was less zone. For the most part, the defense, I thought, played pretty well. I think when you really look at it, the defense only gave up 14, maybe you could argue 17 points. You go right down through it. The Green Bay Packers offense gave the Jets a lot of points. The fumble. Special teams did too. The fumble gave them a field goal. And then again, yeah. You, you talked about it right there. The blocked punt. Mm-hmm. That was a touchdown. That's 10 free points right there. Then you could argue the uh, Packers going for it towards the end of the game when they were down 24 to 10, giving the Jets another short field. You could argue that the offense and special teams handed the Jets anywhere between 10 and 13 points. Mm-hmm. This Jets offense only scored 14 to 17 points. You would say that if before the game that the Jets offense would only score 14, 17 points in this game, you would say you'd feel pretty good about the Packers, And I think it was nice to see that they were playing more man coverage. They were letting Stokes, Jair Alexander, uh, Rasul Douglas show how good they were one-on-one. And I think for the most part, they Jair Alexander looked good. I mean, he was deflecting passes, it seemed like, every other time they threw at him. Yeah, I guess the defense was the most positive of the whole game then. I, and I now they did not stop the run well. Dude. That's another thing. But at least I think they checked one box, playing less zone coverage. <laughs> but yes, that's that, out of a game where it was this bad, that's the one positive that I can really come up with. Overall, the defense, I thought it looked better. The, the secondary looked better than how it had played. One, because it looked like they changed they changed their schemes and how they were going about yeah. things. But overall, in a game where there was really nothing to like at all. Terrible. That That's that's my positive. My hot take positive. The defense actually better than what the score re- reflected. Agreed. Packers have scored 107 points. That's 17.8 per game so far this season. That's their fewest in any six-game span with Rodgers as their starting quarterback. Their fewest in any six-game span with Rodgers as their starter. 17.8 points per game. Uh, Rodgers does talk about simplifying the offense, this thumb. If he has enough left in the tank to you know, bring this team back, not panicking, we'll get all those comments coming up. Um, we got Zach Heilprin, though, to talk some Badgers, our sports director, coming up in just about three minutes here. Uh, start thinking, though, so the Packers trade deadline, I mean, 15 days away. So they go get somebody. Rogers does talk about if they have enough horses to get to where they want to go. Uh, Randall Cobb is probably out for a long time. It's not a break. It's a high ankle sprain. Uh, he was in tears leaving the stadium Lambeau Field. 
Rang over his head crying. Probably worse. Because you imagine a broken ankle, he's out for six to eight weeks. You're going to be getting him back by the end of the season. Now, with it being a high ankle sprain, he might miss, you know, depending on how bad the high ankle sprain is, anywhere from probably a couple weeks to, again, that six to eight weeks. And then it's going to linger. The lingering, Rowdy. Do you have to let it linger? Yep. Rodgers, the worst six-game span offensively. Matt LaFleur, first time he's lost consecutive regular season games. It's uh, not good. Man, that wide receiver room now really, really beat up. You had your two vets now down in Watts, uh, Watkins and Cobb, and then Christian Watson, your second-round pick, your highest uh, pick out of the receiver room. <laughs> this is just- He's now down, too, with a hamstring. Ooh, or he man. has been down. Tough, 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 tough titties here. For people that have Romeo Dobbs on their fantasy team, if those three are continuing to be out this next week, he's probably going to get a lot of targets. Well, I'm one of those guys. It doesn't matter for me, though. Vikings 5-1, and one, Packers 3-3, three and three, Bears 2-4, and four, Lions 1-4. and four. Well, this man was in East Lansing. They see the Badgers fall to Michigan State. But first, breaking news in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Zach, what do you see? Our sports director, Zach Hopper. Zach, what do you see out your window? Uh, snow. Oh, God, no. It has started. It has begun. Mm, it has begun, and it's sticking, too. Uh, what are, you're, you're a big Game of Thrones guy. What is what do they say? The winter is coming, winter, Zach. Winter is coming. Winter is here. Winter has arrived. Except, I think she's like sixty something on on Saturday. So. Well, that's good. Well, is yeah. it good though? I mean, Wisconsin and Purdue. We'll talk about that coming up. Isn't it? I don't know what's good anymore with uh, Saturdays for Wisconsin and or Sundays or, yeah, or Sundays. So, Zach, uh, speaking of Saturday, let's go with uh, what happened. Man, double overtime. Badgers lose to Michigan State. Uh, Braylon Allen with the backbreaker of the fumble. Uh, if you look at this game, so I don't think anyone really respected Michigan State secondary. What? We'll, we'll get to Braylon Allen coming up. What? What was Graham Mertz doing, and what was that offense doing? Because wasn't this Michigan State team that weren't they giving up almost three hundred yards uh, in the air? What, what was going on with this Badgers offense? Well, yeah, I mean they they had that first drive. They've had they've been really really good on their first drive, and then I guess Northwestern kept going. And against Michigan State and against Illinois, it did not. And they, uh, I mean, if you want to blame Graham Mertz, go ahead. He's been blamed for everything for the last three years. It's all his fault, no matter what, when the offense isn't working. I would put more of the blame on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, right. So so before I blame the offensive line, let me blame Graham Mertz here. For who was he? First of all, real quick, who the hell was he throwing to in overtime? The two guys uh, get intercepted. Was anyone even there? So he, he told us afterwards that uh, it was a miscommunication, obviously, because his receiver went one way and he went the other way, uh, and that he, he forced it. And he said it's, it's, a, it's a horrible decision, horrible throw. Um, had he gone the other way, maybe the receiver catches a touchdown. Um, had the receiver and him seen it on the same path, maybe they threw another touchdown. But it was, it was a forced throw. And uh, the other one, the, the, the one that was actually caught, uh, that kind of jump-started Michigan State after the Wisconsin defense had dominated their first two possessions, uh, was he was asked if it was a, a bad read or a bad throw, and he said, yes, it was. Um, so it was both. I mean, like, it was, it was, they were both really poor throws. He had another one in, a, in, the, uh, in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, that should have been picked off. He had three throws that probably should have been picked off. 
There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, he had that some good said, throw. He had some good throws too, though. That said, he had he had some good throws. The Wisconsin offensive line just got dominated. Um, so we talked about the Michigan State secondary and how they had been beat up and given up a bunch of plays. And when Graham Mertz was given time, for the most part, he was able to to find some guys. But when he wasn't given time, and that was quite often, it was a real struggle, boss. I mean, he was. They had nine. I think they ended up with uh, three sacks, nine or six quarterback hurries nine tackles for loss. Like they played on the other side of the line of scrimmage the entire game. And there was the, the one interception that he should have thrown there in the, in the fourth quarter, the, the right guard got beat immediately. And the guy was in his lap right away. It, the, the offensive line didn't give Wisconsin a chance. And what we've seen with Graham Murphy is when you get pressure on him early, it's probably going to not be a great day for him. Um, Cause things kind of get sped up. His feet kind of get going. And um, that's exactly what happened with the, with the no. passing game. Why, why they struggle. And the running game, I mean, I mean, Braylon Allen accounted for 156 yards, right, of the Badgers, what, almost 290 283 of offense. <laughs> yep. The fumble, obviously, not ideal. Um, any worries about Braylon Allen moving forward? It's just like, just handled ball security? I mean, fumbles were an issue for him last year, but they haven't been this year. That's his this first, first fumble this first season. one? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think so. I thought it was an, a really, really good play by Michigan State. I mean, he had the corner come on the – on the corner blitz, Tim DK was just like hands up, like what a, you know, he was coming on the run blitz, he beat him, and the guy, you know, got railing low, and, and the safety or the, the linebacker came over the top and ripped it three. I mean, it, was a, it was a really, really good play um, by Michigan State, and it, just the timing of it was horrible. But yeah, without, I mean, Braylon Allen was that offense for the most part. Uh, two touchdowns, 153 total yards, I should say 156 total yards. He was the offense. I, I, you know, the, the the fumble stands out, and he was devastated afterwards. You could tell on the field. You didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he, you could tell yeah, on the field okay. he was devastated. Real quick. But he was he was asked to be available for the media, right? And they said no? I don't know who said no. Um, How does that work? They asked the players, and the players. Oh. Zach? Zachy? I think UW just silenced our guy, Zach Heilfrin. All right, we'll, we'll work on getting Zach back. Uh, Zach just got silenced as they tried to silence Braylon Allen from uh, after the game. There you go. Well, all right, I'll, I'll text Zach to call back in here. So, yeah, Braylon Allen uh, was beast. Rowdy, any worries as I get to Zach here? Any worries about the, the, the running game of the Wisconsin Badgers? I'm not really worried about the running game. I'm worried about the entire team. <laughs> we saw how poor that they've played in so many of these games leading up, and then they got the... Paul Christ is fired Northwestern. They go out to Northwestern to Ryan field where they normally don't play that well. Absolutely blow out Northwestern. And then it was, what are they going to do next? Zach, is that you back? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, just like they silenced Braylon Allen from talking after the, after the game, they tried to silence you right there, buddy. Yeah. I, again, I, I don't know whose decision it was to uh, not talk because we, we give them names there's like 10 or 15 names. Obviously you're not going to bring 15 guys down, um, but you give them names and usually uh, you get most of them, especially when things go well. Um, but yeah, Braylon Allen didn't talk. Nick Herbert didn't talk. Ricardo Hallman didn't talk and Keanu Benton didn't talk. So four pretty key players, including two captains who came out after the Ohio state game and, and spoke uh, because it was their duty to take the responsibility. So what for that happened? That's so funny, dude. That's hilarious. So we'll get a chance to talk to him this morning. Um, maybe, maybe if you're uh, if you play your cards again, right. I, I, I don't. 
I feel like they should talk, but again, they don't. They don't have. Well, to, so like, if you're a captain and you don't even go out there to talk, when you after you get your asses handed to you against Ohio State, like you did, to say like we need to talk, and then you go hide with your tail between your legs, like it's, it's I know that's not, you saying, that's not you saying that. That's me saying that. It's, it's another reason why I kind of again, Graham Mertz has been not great in a, in a lot of moments this year. He's been very good in others, but no matter what, he comes out and answers questions. Yeah. Um, he has, he has never, he has never, he, he knows it's a responsibility of the quarterback to come out and answer questions. And he does. I'm not taking issue with the guys not coming out. I'm not going to, uh, would we like to have talked to him? I, obviously. Um, same thing after the Ohio State game, but it is what it is. So yep. we'll get a chance to talk to him today. All right. What about um, the defensive side of the ball, Zach? I mean, I know they weren't out there to talk, like you said, but defensively, man, are the Badgers getting cooked. Like, what is, what is going on with this, this, this defense, too? Well, I mean, they're attacking it. Michigan State hasn't been able to run the ball a year. They didn't really run the ball very much against Wisconsin. They averaged, I think, was 2.8 yards a carry. It's not like they ran roughshod or Wisconsin. Um, but, you know, Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman uh, knew they had a, a good matchup on the outside, um, especially late in that game. Uh, they, they went after Ricardo Hallman. They, I mean, Jay Shaw barely got targeted, you know. Uh, it, it wasn't him at all. Even on the even on the uh, wide receiver pass that went for the touchdown in overtime, Jay Shaw obviously was in coverage and should knock the ball down. Um, but that wasn't his guy. It was Ricardo Holman's guy. And uh, Ricardo Holman was also in coverage on the two other touchdowns down the game. So he was essentially responsible. You could make an argument that he was responsible for all of those three last touchdowns. Um, so they had, there's, there's a little bit of a I, – I, you know, they still have a lot of confidence in him. They think he's played some good football this year. Um, but they're, they're – you know, teams are going after him, and you would expect so as a you know as a redshirt freshman who hasn't played a ton. Um, you know, you're going to go after him, and they're taking advantage of him. All right, Zach. So uh, I'm going to ask you. You know, I'll look at here in the schedule, but before that, now it's something that you know I've talked about this past couple of weeks when Wisconsin's struggling is they don't you know they don't know what their identity is, but we all should know what their identity is. You know, you have a strong offensive line, you run the football in a strong defense. Uh, there's like have a lost identity right now. What did Jim Leonard say about the identity of his team right now after they lost to Michigan state in double overtime? He essentially did the shrug emoji um, because <laughs> the, he goes, you know, that's still something up in the air. And it's the reason they have the record. They do. They haven't been able to count on anything on a, on a regular basis. Sometimes the passing game is, is humming. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the running game's humming. Sometimes it's not defensively lack of consistency. And um, sometimes they're, they're great. And sometimes they're not. So like just even special teams, like they just don't have consistently point to something. It's going to work no matter what, like in in any game, it's going to work. And I just don't think right now they have something that they can count on. Now, again, the passing game has had its moments. I think they're going to end up um, passing for more yards than they run, they run for this year for the first <laughs> time since 2015, which is uh, the last time they, you know, when they had the all-time winning as quarterback under center. But they just don't have anything you could sit there and say. They're awesome, right? Like that's that they do this really, really well, and they do it really well no matter the opponent. And um, so right now, I think they're. It's you know, it kind of sucks, but if you're a Wisconsin fan, inconsistency is their. <laughs> it's their identity, yeah. Uh, forever let me down. You never know, because you never know which you never know which team is going to show up. You just that's why you could look at that schedule after the Northwestern game and say there's six games left. I could see them winning them all. I could see them losing. Okay, them all. that's right. That's right. Where I was going. So let me let yeah. me say this now: Is the bowl streak in jeopardy? Purdue, yeah, Purdue, Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. Now, we always made fun of five and seven teams that got in the bowl games. We're under like eight, hey, six wins. That's what you need. Is is the bowl streak in jeopardy here? Yeah, definitely. 
And it, and it was in it was in jeopardy after last week too because you just don't know which team's going to show up. You were expect you were you were hoping. I think you're obviously if you're a Wisconsin fan that they're going to back that great performance against Northwestern up with another really really good performance, and they got off to a great start um, on Saturday. And then they had six possessions where they didn't score. They punted every time uh, in the middle in the second and third quarters where they could have taken a two score lead and, and maybe put some pressure on Michigan State. They never did, and uh, so. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's very much in jeopardy. Uh, you look at their schedule; they have to go three and two, right? Mm. So, where are the guaranteed wins on there? I don't think there are any. Is Nebraska? No, I don't think it's a guaranteed win. Um, I mean, Nebraska's been in almost every game. I shouldn't say in almost every game; they weren't in. I mean, Iowa game. might score ten points. Right. Yeah, I mean that 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 game is probably going to be like six to three, kind of like it was at uh, <laughs> Illinois. You know, Illinois. <laughs> Or nine six or whatever it ended up being. Like I, I there, you could sit here and say none of those are guaranteed wins and none of them are guaranteed losses. So it's it's really up in the air. I mean, this week is obviously pivotal. They haven't lost to Purdue since two thousand three. Well, just wait. Uh, but Purdue is five and two and playing have won four straight, playing really good football. Most of their games have been close. Um, so Zach, do you want to live in a world? last week, but do you want to live in a world where Illinois could be in a Rose Bowl and Wisconsin could be either out of a bowl or in the freaking Little Caesars Bowl in Detroit? Do I want to live in that? Uh, no, I really don't. I really don't care. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, a big yeah. Brett, I'm a big Brett Bielema guy. Well, yeah, so did he block you? He he, he hasn't, but <sighs> I'm a big Brett Bielema guy. So uh, I, I think it's I think it's great that what he's what he's doing there. So I don't I really I, if they did, it'd be fantastic. Um, I mean, they are the best team in the West, aren't they? I mean, it's it's them or it's it's them or Purdue at this point. Now that says something about the West, but I I, I think Illinois Illinois defense I think is legit, and when they have Tommy DeVito at quarterback, their offense can move the ball because uh, he gives them an element that they just haven't had. So I, again, three and two. Do I think they can do it? Yes. Do I think they will do it? I have no freaking clue. Oh, my God. It's just trying times. Uh, speaking of trying times, you know, we got another receiver or a player, a receiver, Marcus Allen, in the uh, transfer portal. Um, any scoop on there? Did it, like, wasn't he in East Lansing but didn't play? He, he was there, but he didn't play. It was the first time he didn't play this year. His playing time has really fallen off. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at wide receivers who have a ton of talent, he's, he's right there. He may have as much talent as anybody on that, on that roster, but – when given those opportunities, he hasn't necessarily come through. I mean, considering his opportunities, he's got the highest uh, drop rate of any of the, the wide receivers uh, on that team. And he uh, didn't play on Saturday for the first time. Dean Ingram was getting earlier reps than him. Vinny Anthony, the true freshman, has gotten uh, more more run early in games than he has. So, I mean, you could make the argument that he was at best, best fifth on the depth chart at this point, probably sixth. Um, and at that point, some guys that are younger than him and already passed him. And he was young. He's a retro freshman. So mm-hmm. it's not like he doesn't have a bunch of time left, but um, maybe he just didn't think uh, it was going to ever be the case. And you have this 30 day window when your coach gets fired to jump into the portal during the season. And these guys are taking it. How many do you think more transfer? I think RJ said it like eight over under at eight this season. We're already at three, but he says he's not counting Logan Brown. I count Logan Brown because he's in the transfer portal. I know he was kicked off, yeah, but, but I count it. Yeah. Right, I mean, you can count that if you want. I the, there's only when, when did Paul Chris get fired? Um, was there 15 days left? It was the it was the first, or it was the second that he got fired. So today's so, the 16th. Yeah, the 17th today. Yeah, you have another couple. You have another couple of weeks um, that that guys could get into the portal, uh, and then they have to wait until after the year. If if they end up, if Jim Leonard ends up not getting the job, which I still just don't see, 
um, you'll see a ton of guys in the portal. And you'll have a ton of guys coming in next year, too, out of the portal. Like, yeah. That's just what happens with coaching changes. But, yeah, yeah uh, right now, guys that are not getting playing time that think they should be, you could see them uh, jumping in, especially with guys, especially if there's guys at the position that are not going to be leaving next year. Sure. Uh, like I could sit there and say, yeah, something that, like an outside linebacker where, um, you know, a bunch of guys have been buried that haven't been able to go on the field at TJ Bowlers or Caden Johnson. You'd be like, oh, yeah, they're going to be gone. But then you think about it, they're probably, probably going to be gone and CJ gets to be gone. So there's going to be playing time available next year. But there are other, there are other spots that I think uh, it's a possibility. Running back certainly seems likely. Um, you know, we'll see. Zach, two, maybe. Two, uh, please. Zach, quarterback, yes. Zach, two corner, questions. Corner, corner. Oh, sorry. I thought I was a quarterback, yes. Transfer Grammar portal, please. Grammarts is here for another two years. Oh, my God. Zach, well, before I let you go, two questions. <laughs> Very quick ones. Would you help? Let's say Wisconsin's in this place uh, instead of Tennessee. But Tennessee, uh, they take down the goalposts, throw them in the river, uh, and now the uh, Tennessee, you know, University is saying, "Here's a GoFundMe. Will you help us buy, you know, field goal posts again?" Would Zach Halpin, uh, if he was in college, be on the field taking down the posts and then contributing to a GoFundMe, or he said, "None for me." Would definitely be on the field, but definitely would not, <laughs> um, <laughs> go, you know, give any money to a GoFundMe for a university. Like that's just would not happen. Uh, that's what the boosters are there for. You already pillage us enough with tuition and stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah, and that's that's. It's absolutely not going to happen. I will never give money to a university. Um, I, this is Wisconsin yeah. come knocking for donations like every like month. Like, hey, Zach, they, they, they take it. They take it in taxes. They take it in um, <laughs> season tickets. They take it in so many different ways. And obviously, at Wisconsin, season tickets and all that stuff are, you know, through the athletic department, which isn't funded by tax dollars. Yeah. But still, um, I'm not giving money to to a university. Um, no. they, already, they already get enough. They make enough as it is. And Zach, before I let you go, the Green Bay Packers, mm. uh, you'll like this. Uh, my my wife, and you know how my wife my wife is, she did mention about Rodgers, and I quote, he's doing too much of that hippy-dippy bull bleep. <laughs> Can you believe that came out of Jen's mouth? I, I can't. I mean, I didn't even, yeah, I mean, that's... I, Miss Holistic I herself? She, she, I didn't even know she knew Aaron Rodgers was. Um, well, she does because I talk about him all the time. Well, of course, of course. And she likes blue of earth. Yeah, well, hey, Dr. Doctor Rogers uh, was not very good yesterday, uh, but the offense in general was very good. Where, where did you – I saw your poll. I voted where LaFleur. Down on that one? Yeah, of course you did. Uh, <laughs> How about you? Ever, did you vote? Uh, Blame Aaron Rodgers, of course. Of course, of course, of course. Always. It's always the quarterback's fault. <laughs> always the quarterback. Panic fault. button for the Packers, yay or nay? Uh, yay. Ooh, Zach, we love you, buddy. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.